0: You're listening to the KB Podcast Network.
1: <laughs> hey friends, Michael McIntyre here. Listen, just before this podcast, I wanted to make an announcement, let you know that we have a next level experience coming in December 2nd through the 4th right here in Dallas, Texas. I know a lot of y'all been asking about when the next one is, and there it is, December 2nd through the 4th. Look, just go to the themichaelmcintyre.com. And click on the link for next level experience and you can apply. Cost you nothing at the end. If you want to bless us, paying it forward, you're welcome to. It's an intensive. It's three days. It's not a conference. Each day builds on the next day. So. It starts at Friday, December 2nd at 2.30 and goes to about 9.30 p.m. Saturday morning, 8 a.m. to about 9.30 p.m. Saturday night. And then Sunday, 8 a.m. to about 9.30 p.m. that night. It's intensive. It's transformative. It's Holy Spirit-filled. It's to take your life to the next level. It's for those people whose lives are working. You might be in between jobs, in between relationships, but you want to go to the next level. You have a burning desire to. So check it out at themichaelmcintyre.com. That's the Next Level Experience, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Apply now. Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast. A place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready
2: to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre.
0: Hi, welcome to the Next Level Podcast here at McIntyre. My name is Becky Leathers, AKA Blockchain Becky, and this is my great friend, Carolyn Barilla. And we are here as co-hosts on this special podcast today. Carolyn, you actually wrote the screenplay for this true story that our special guest is going to talk about, titled Seven Days with a Witch. And since it's airing on Halloween, we thought this would be very interesting.
2: Perfect. Yes. Yes. And Don is an amazing guy, and let's introduce him right now. Don Allen wrote the story, Seven Days with a Witch.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Don, tell us about who
3: you are, what you do. So I am the co-founder of Two Guys in a Bible Ministries. That includes Christ the Healer television program. That airs twice a week, once nationally, uh, and then once worldwide. We're in over 280 countries to about, or 280 million people in about 180 countries. Uh, So a host of the new Old School podcast, uh, founder of the Midwest Healing Centers, which has our home here at Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, we have an affiliate up in Pennsylvania. We're getting ready to open one in Florida as well. Uh, kind of uh, the same ideas, the John G. Lake Healing Rooms or that type of field. Um, we also do tip revivals nationwide. Um, in the last year, we started pastoring church here at the Midwest Healing Center. And uh, of course, I travel and hold healing revivals all across the U.S.
2: Yeah. And there was a special healing revival that you went to in, was it 2014, where you met uh
3: Angelique? Yes, in 2014, I was asked by Pastor Ray. This, uh, if anybody's going to read the book or, of course, see the movie, eventually you'll get to know who Pastor Ray is. But uh, I was asked to come do a tent revival, or a, yeah, a tent revival in 2014. I'd done some revivals at this church before, a couple times at Faith Baptist Church in Chautauqua Kansas. Just this little bitty sleepy town, you know, way less than a thousand people, you know, just a a, kind of an in-between little farm community out there. If you were, I don't know that people moved there, but if you were born there, generations were probably there, you know, one of those kind of places, Southeast Kansas, right off of highway 44, way back in the, in the farmlands there. And so I was asked to come and do a tent revival. And so that's where the name uh, seven days with the witch comes from. This was a seven day tent revival that we had. And uh, this is where the High Witch of the Four Corners came to this revival. And that's where we had an encounter with her. Uh, that's where she had an encounter with God. And so uh, this book, Seven Days, um, you know, it was those seven days that we were there and some of the experiences that we had during that time. Um, so we wrote the book about that. And then, of course, added into the book, uh, we wanted to also put in some scripture and some some answers to some of the things that we had scene just to let people understand that we weren't just trying to glorify the situation, you know, and right. I mean, it was a great, it was a great story, yes. but we also wanted to be sure that we were able to give some answers. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely wanted to do that, uh throw some of that in there. So it details that encounter over that seven days. Really, it was a, a, it was really a biblical battle, if you will, good versus evil, right? God versus the devil, that kind of thing. I mean, it was, it was really amazing. Uh, and then of course i it was uh, I was able to sit down with her over that seven days and purposely uh, begin to ask her and interview her i I brought a little recorder with me for some I don't even know why but I had brought one with me and so I was recording her and just asking her questions every day as I was thinking about it what do you do how does this work wow. uh, how are you infiltrating the church? what is your plan you know what wow. what what do you do and so it was just amazing to kind of To see all of that and so record that. I mean, this is a woman that's, you know, been in witchcraft for over 30 years. And so to really get an insider's look at what is going on in their plans, you know, and their purposes, what they want to do. So uh, it was really, really good. And so the book was just simply that, taking those interviews uh, and those experiences over those seven days and then, you know, some months after those seven days as well. But then adding some biblical, you know, some biblical background to some of that so we could explain some of those things. But that's where the book came from. True story.
2: Well, the story just blew me away because Becky received a copy of it and yeah. she said, oh, you've got to read this. And then I read it and it was like, wow, this is a major, crazy stuff." And then Becky had mentioned to you, Don, you need to make this into a movie. and. Yeah. Uh, you know, fast forward, you and I met at a McDonald's in Kingdom City, which was yeah. so interesting that the name of it was yeah. Kingdom City because it was literally the story is the story of the Kingdom of Darkness versus the Kingdom of Light. And of course, right. light overcomes darkness. But I had never met Don, so we we meet there and it's in like three o'clock or in the middle of the day, and yeah. um walk in there. and as we're talking, We noticed this guy was just he had sunglasses on he wasn't eating or drinking coffee he was just staring at us. And we're talking about this and I got a real bad vibe on him and then don did too, and the next thing we know, the power goes off in McDonald's and there was no. I mean how did that happen again? Did you say something and then the
3: power went off? Well so that guy was eyeballing us really hard and you seemed pretty nervous, you know. Anyway, you were kind of like was. you He's were like, kind of like I don't I, I, I don't even do know this. if I'm I don't even know yeah. if I'm going to take this project on. I'm just talking to you and Yeah. And so, you know, people have been coming in and out like they normally do in McDonald's and the place was there's 200 seats in there. It's a huge McDonald's. Right. We were really one of the only ones that were seated. Most people were just coming and going. And yeah. this guy came in tattooed up. I mean, he, he looked the part of, yeah. of whatever. And yeah. uh, finally he he came and sat right across from us, like pulled uh-huh. the stool out and uh-huh. sat right across from us and just stared at us. As if it's, he was
2: on a, an assignment. Yes. Neither one of us, you know, really told anybody we were going to meet and discuss. No. Of a movie that would expose this whole family and all this darkness.
3: Right. Well, so what he, so he sat there and, and so I said, what are we, are we afraid of this guy? If he was going to do something, he would already do something. And then that's when he stood up and he walked off and the power went out, (laughs) but only at McDonald's, like no, nowhere else in the, in the complex of stores and just the McDonald's. And they're all like, oh, we don't know what's going on. And then once he left, the power came back on. (laughs)
2: And
0: we're just like, okay.
2: And I have to admit that guy, uh, you know, he was there to, bring fear, which we know is spirit and, um, that fear did get on me. And I decided not to write your story because this family was still alive and I had read the, you know, the details and I know it's all true and it kind of freaked me out. And I, you know, even though I believe in, you know, the blood of Jesus and everything, but I I, you know, I just don't know. And then to make matters worse, I'm driving away from our meeting. And this is the absolute truth. I'm just on the highway and all of a sudden I notice a power, uh, like one of those power line poles just shot up in the air about 500 feet, burst into flames and split in three flaming spheres and they come right across the highway about three car lengths in front of me. and amazingly as I'm watching this I felt such peace which was really weird because my mind was telling me to freak out and immediately God gave me a scripture about the arrow that flies by day and Psalm 91 and and all of that and I have to admit that little stunt did keep me from writing your script but then about a couple months later I was in prayer and God said you need to expose them yes and but yes, the story is amazing, Don. And I mean, would you mind like just telling a little bit about how, I mean, some of the stuff that happened?
3: Yeah, I can give you a quick breakdown.
2: And first, I'd like you to share what the Four Corners is.
0: Yeah, where, where
3: So is. the Four Corners is just simply that that one little territory where Missouri, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas and Kansas meet. So it's just that there's that we call it the Four Corners. They all kind of touch within this little radius of this area. And so as the story goes, her family uh, that are set up just outside of Joplin, they're in Carl Junction. And uh, so they kind of set up to rule over that territory. So it would be in the same way. What I found is really a lot of the things they're doing, they're mimicking the church. So in the same way, as we claim territory, right, we say, hey, I'm, I'm going for this city, right, for the Lord. I'm, I'm going for this region for the Lord. And, and how we're trying to, to not just focus on our little churches anymore, but, you know, so we, we try to go for the city or the region. Well, they're doing the same thing. And so in, in the way that it was being described to me really just sounded like they're trying to make disciples just like we are, but they're trying to do it for the other side. So, whereas we have pastors and teachers and prophets and evangelists and all that, well, there's a hierarchy in their kingdom wow. too, if you will, or their, their structure of what they would, they wouldn't call it a religion, but you know, in witchcraft, and so that she's the high witch, and there's others that are there that have power in the coven, and it just kind of goes down from there in rank. But same idea, they're doing the same thing, and so they, so that was the region that her particular family was set up over generations of it. We're talking grandmas and grandpas, uh, cousins, and moms and dads, and brothers and sisters, and you know, they were all involved in this, and so it wasn't just a random group of people. It was truly her family running the show and then a lot of other people joining in on that mm-hmm. and so um you know again just you know the book and and then into the movie but it it, it really just kind of highlighting that first encounter that i had we're just walking through those seven days uh, the movie much greater detail that we can talk about but but the book itself just kind of starts with that first encounter when we're at the tent revival that first night i've done revivals in this place before they went amazing. I mean, small little town, older congregations, 60, 70-year-olds, you know, maybe even some 80-year-olds, that Pastor Ray, uh, people that he used to minister with through the years. He could, he could bring them in from Oklahoma and some of those places. So the meetings were always pretty good-sized and pretty charismatic for having a name Baptist Church. You know, I mean, they, they were definitely spirit-filled people. And so, um, but so having this tent revival was new. We were going to do the tent. And so, and again, just another good turnout. But uh, so it just it walks through those seven days of that first encounter, Angelique coming in and, yeah. uh, you know, me standing face to face with this very intimidating figure. I mean, she dressed the part. She lived the part. She was the part.
2: John, I hate to interrupt you, but Angelique had been terrorizing this community for a long, long time. Hadn't yes. she? And yet no other pastors or evangelists or people who know who they are in Christ had really taken her on, had they?
3: Well, and that's what happened is that very first night we're standing there and, and she's eyeballing me and I finally get up on stage and I'm close enough to her now to see, you know, I mean, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what was going on. I'm like, oh, there, here's a demon possessed girl. She's in the right place. I didn't know the extent of what it was. But anyway, I call her out because she's trying to intimidate me while I'm preaching and really it was disrupting. And so oh, I just stop and doing? I call her out and I'm standing face to face with her. And, and so here I am and all these things are running through my mind. And, and just some of the, the great things that I learned through this process, you know, I've been in Africa and I've been overseas in Central America, South America. We've cast out a lot of devils through the years. We've had encounters with demon possessed and, and devils and that kind of thing, even here in the U.S., of course. But this time it was different. I wasn't I wasn't getting that that same riled up warrior type spirit that you're getting ready for this battle. You know, I'm standing in front of this woman who's growling and spitting and cussing eyes are totally black. She's about as big as me. And, and so she's very intimidating and her body's twisting and cracking in ways it shouldn't. And just saying words I can't repeat. And, you know, I mean, she's just going crazy. And all I could think of to say is God loves you. And when I would say that she would just lose her stuff. I mean, just growling and going crazy. And so we gr- I'd tell her, stop, look at me, look at me. God loves you. Oh, and all this stuff, all this stuff. And I'd grab her again and say, stop it. Look at me. God loves you. And then she finally said, I'm a witch. And I said, I don't care. God loves mm-hmm. you. And that's all I could say is God loves you. And then finally, I started seeing her eyes change. And I'm like, I want to talk to Angelique. God loves you, Angelique. And so I just kept saying that. And then all of a sudden, it was like this thing is renting her body. I mean, it, it's, it was a terrible sight to see for sure. She's finally like, I think I'm going to be sick. And she runs out of the tent. And she was sick. And she came back. And she's standing there, and I can now tell I'm talking to her. And I said, listen, God loves you. And so I was able to minister to her. She accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And then that is what she said, is no man has ever ever been able to stand before me and, and have the guts to stand there and not flinch. You're the only one. She said, I summoned six demons to come with me everywhere I go for my protection. And I was summoning all six of them to kill you standing here in front of me, and they couldn't do it. And you just wouldn't flinch. And, and so in and me and asking God, why wasn't this like the other times, you know, where, you know, you name them, you you cast them out. It's kind of a big process sometimes. And God said, well, it's the truth that makes people free. And I'm like, OK. And he said the truth was she'd been lied to her entire life and told that I hated her. But the mm-hmm. truth is, I love her. Wow.
0: Why do you and he think said that- she,
3: she needed to know that truth? Wow,
0: That's awesome. Why do you think that you were that man?
3: Well, it's funny. God had us studying on love for the two months before we went down there. Oh. That's all we've been preaching on, talking about and ministering on was love, 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 the love of God for two straight months. And then we get down there. And that's the very first thing that happens mm-hmm. is loving the hell out of this woman's life. It was yeah, amazing. Literally,
2: <laughs> literally. <laughs> That was crazy. And wow. yeah. thank you, Don. Don, amazing. one thing about your story um, that I just found particularly fascinating, blew me away, was about the crow. Help, yes. Tell everyone about this crow that was a part of Angelique's life.
3: So. I don't know how much other people have studied this. I grew up kind of reading about this stuff. My parents always had books around. They didn't talk about witchcraft or stuff like that, but they were Christians. And there was always books around our house that I would grab as a teenager and read some of this interesting stuff. And, that you know, the Native Americans were very into shape-shifting, you know, animals, spirit animals, you know, and a lot of that we saw and were just like, oh, you know, that makes a good movie. It's a good story, but it's really real. Um, you know, not that animals necessarily have a spirit per se in the way that we do, but you could definitely possess an animal, uh, you know, send us into the pigs, right? I mean, those pigs were demon possessed for a moment before they ran into the, into the ocean and drowned. So, so demons can enter into animals. And so Angelique's mother, this was afterwards, I'm talking with Angelique and she's calling me freaking out. And I can hear in the background, this crow just, if you've ever heard a crow, they are noisy anyway. Are. This crow is throwing a fit. And she's like, Don, I can't get away from my mother. I can't get away from my mother. She keeps sending this blankety blank crow and it keeps <laughs> spying on me. My mom knows everything that I'm doing because of this crow. And that was true. The mother had done a ritual to where this crow would follow Angelique and tattle on her. That's how they knew she was born again to begin with is that right after Angelique got born again, her mom called her and said, what have you done? Like, there's no way word could have got back. I mean, we're talking within an hour, maybe. And instantly, what have you done? And so they were able to, they are able to, and you can read that in a lot of Native Americans, especially, but not just that. But I mean, you can read that, that uh, they can use animals and take on those animals to be able to have sight to see and to spy Mm -hmm. on people.
0: Wow. That was so incredible. So incredible. What, um, what did Angelique say about
3: speaking in tongues? So I think it was our third or fourth night. I don't remember. She comes running into the tent. It had been chaotic week. You know, the parents, uh, the, the coven and her parents and the family just really threw a fit, uh, threatened to come kill us themselves. You know, I mean, it was a big, big Epic battle every single day, something new, something supernatural crazy was happening. And, um, so it was the third or fourth evening, right before we were getting ready to do the evening service, and we hadn't started yet. Angelique comes running into the tent, just in this panic, pure panic, and, and says, "I've," I, and I was standing up front talking, and she just interrupts us, and she runs into the middle, and she says, "I have to, I have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I have to speak in tongues." And we're like, "Slow down, slow down. What in the world do you even know about it? Like you, you were about to kill me three days ago, and..." and Working spells and worshiping Satan, what do you even know about it? And she said, Don, we know everything about it. We know everything about you. We know everything about your Bible. And, and the thing that we know for sure is those that are born those that are born again and spirit filled. And when you speak in tongues, and the way she described it, she said, that's like you putting a spell on us. Wow. That's the only way she could describe it. She said, It's like a cause and effect believers that pray in tongues we can't do anything against them mm. we we don't know how to combat that we can speak all the languages of the world through demons demons can tell them but we can't figure that language out we don't know what to do with it but when you guys do that we're powerless we don't understand it we don't know what to do about it there's no mm. spell written for it there's nothing in our books about it we don't know what to do and i know that i have to have it for my protection I have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and I have to speak in tongues. And so it was maybe only three minutes later uh, that event happened. We prayed for her. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost, began to speak in tongues. A big grin came on her face and she said, what was that? I've never felt power like that before in my entire life. And we said, that is the power of Holy Spirit.
2: And tell them what happened after she got her prayer language and filled with the Holy
3: Spirit. I mean, maybe four or five minutes later, there was a 3.2 magnitude earthquake that took what? place
2: <laughs> while we were
3: standing right there and and we lo- only we know that only because we looked it up at the geological survey later but there was an earthquake oh, it ended gosh. up it 3.2 and angelique stopped and looked at me and she said satan is losing his grip over the region That's over the so region
0: wild. true yeah. so wild i, I, I mean just, we're talking
3: this was biblical right i mean this was like a real biblical old testament. Oh, this
0: is unbelievable you know. story yeah. and wow i mean and you don't seem to have
3: much fear at all don and not this at this point. point you know being able to get the information and, and that's it my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge
2: Damn.
3: and you know there's a lot we can fear when you don't know so we do we just fear things we don't know mm-hmm. but once you get the information on it it's not near as scary you know i mean because like you said carolyn we know We know we have the power. We know what the Bible says. We have an academic faith. I know God is more powerful than the devil. I know that. But to truly see it played out in your life and to get information from the other side and truly find out they're not as big and bad as they're acting like. So that's why Goliath had to be real big and have a big mouth, right? That's why everything the devil does, it's a big show, because he has no power, so he just has to run at his mouth, and he has to be big, and loud, and do scary things, because fear, Angelique said, is the key to it all. If we can get you into fear, then, and, and that's what she told me, which again, we know the scripture, right? But listen to this, she said, Don, you do understand that fear is not an emotion, right? It's a spirit, and I'm like, Mm-hmm. for god has not given us a spirit of fear of course i know that yeah but to hear her say it wow. she painted the picture of what fear looked like mm. and she said it's one of the biggest demons there is and then everything comes out from fear if we can oh. get you into fear and she said because fear is satan's faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: right without I fear it's impossible does. to please him
2: mm-hmm.
0: thank right?
3: you and she said Fair. it's all the same She said, so it's fear, and everything comes from fear. And if we can get you into fear, then we've got you.
2: And you know what? On that note, you know, I had fear and it almost stopped me from writing the story. And I had called you and your ministry and had them pray for me. And and I meditated on the word and everything that you're saying. And I've got to tell you, I have had no fear whatsoever. In fact, you know, when I watch a horror flick, which I normally don't watch, but now that I have written one, I want to learn a little bit more. um, I will say that they don't scare me at all. I mean, they used to. However, anyway, but this story is real and uh, it's, it's definitely scary, but if you know who you are in Christ and that's the main point that we wanted to get across yeah we don't want to scare people yeah right and because there's so much out there like today being halloween that um you know that we are to fear and be scared and that's how they they grow in power
3: right and i don't disagree with a lot of the angles that people are taking today to say this is halloween it's satan's thing and you know but but they're coming at it with a lot of fear instead of coming at it about how we have the victory And I want to more hit on that side of this story Mm -hmm. is that it was horrible. It is a horror story. It's, it is scary as hell. It is scary. You're dang right. It is hell scary. It is scary. But I'm going to tell you something. We have the victory and I want us to see that side of it. Not just the hell side and the scary side. I want us to see the side that we have the victory and we can continuously have the victory. This wasn't like uh, the exorcist where the priest gained a little foothold and then ends up getting his tail. You know, this isn't that normal thing. And no, this is where we just kept winning. We kept winning, wow. and we kept winning, and we kept winning again. And every time they'd come at us, we just kept winning. Everything they did. There was a tornado that week, right? That's Along with the, yeah. So the tornado. I mean, came out of nowhere. And an earthquake.
0: At, was this after the earthquake?
3: Yes, this was Friday. So Friday, I think it was Friday night, or sat, or maybe it was Saturday, because we were going to have an outdoor event. Invite the whole community, bounce houses, hot dogs, the whole thing. And okay. so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the tornado sirens are going on. And wasn't like
2: a blue sky prior
3: to that? Oh, like- it was a beautiful day. Not No 0% chance. That's why we planned this outdoor event. 0% chance of anything. And so all of a sudden, the sirens are going off. And we're thinking, oh, they're testing it. Well, somebody comes running in and says, guys, we need to go. And so we go outside, and it is black as night. Sirens are going off, lightning's crashing. So we go to the first place and it's locked and we can't get in, community shelter. And I mean, it's getting hairy. It's, you can hear it coming, you know, it, it is like a freight train. And so everybody says, across town is the school and they have a shelter. So we head across town while the rest of the town is at the school. All the firemen, policemen, EMS, everybody's at the school and everybody's inside. And so we're in there and, and TJ, uh, the, that's Pastor Ray's daughter, a friend of mine. TJ's just like, now this is crap. We have authority over this kind of stuff. Amen. <laughs> and so It's just like, John, come outside with me. So I come outside and we're going out and we walk past all the EMS. They're on their walkie talkies, right? They've, they're out there reporting what they're seeing from the school because everybody's in the school. All the kids of the community are there. And these guys are like thinking this is going to get bad. And so they're on their walkie talkies Sirens are going off. And they're like, it's, you know, southeast, southwest, you know, at this many miles per hour, blah, blah, blah. And so we're standing there. And sure enough, you can see it come down, the tornado. And it's heading right for the school. And TJ's, and I mean, lightning's crashing around us. And I'm I'm kind of up against the building. TJ's standing out in the middle of a field in -hmm. a lightning storm with her finger pointed at the sky. And Mm -hmm. she's screaming at this tornado like it's a spoiled brat. I told you in the name of Jesus, you get out of here, you Satan, you devil behind that storm, you demon, I rebuke you, Jesus rebuked the storm, and she just screaming at this thing in front of half of the community, and that tornado would go right back up. And then it would come back down and she'd start screaming at it again. I'm telling you. And they're on the radar. It's there. And they're freaking out. And their walkie-talkies are going off. And sirens are going off on their walkie-talkies. And you guys need to get to shelter. It's forming. And it's there. And it was. And then TJ's yelling at this thing. And it just goes, whoop. And it's gone. And they're all just standing. Wow. The sirens are going off. And there's just dead silence. And then the one of the firemen, I remember, gets on his walkie-talkie. And it's everybody's walkie-talkie, right? So it's really loud. He's mm. like, it's, it's gone. And whoever was at dispatch said, what's gone? Is the school gone? Is it gone? <laughs> and he said, Goodness. no, the, the tornado's just gone. What do you mean it's gone? It's just gone. And they're like, what? And TJ's just standing there, you know, like, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, she was just, I mean, it was so cool. She just, and it was funny, she didn't even ride back with this. She just walked right down Main Street. I mean, big yeah. and bad, you know, all five she foot of herself.
2: Already.
3: Oh, she did. I mean, it was so cool. And they all just were standing there with their mouths open. I mean, because they heard every word yeah. TJ said. And I mean, they had to deal with it. And it was just, it was again such an yeah, amazing miracle. Yeah, it was so cool. So what good. happened
0: to your tent? Nothing.
3: Amazing. Nothing. That's what I'm saying. Guys, there's so much more to the story. Oh, we're I know. we're the just weekend. beginning.
0: We're just giving the audience a taste <laughs> yes.
3: of your story.
0: It's yes. true. And we want to educate people. And I know that I have been so excited um, ever since I met you. I think you're amazing with everything you do. How do you do it all, Don?
3: With I love it. You know, this is what I was. I was born oh, to do this. I was I born to do this, you know? I've done a lot of other things in my life to get by, but this is the one thing I was born to do. And so I just love this. Um, Everything that comes at us, you know, is God's idea anyway. I don't, I don't waste a lot of time doing things. God doesn't want me to do anymore. So that helps, you know, there's good ideas, but there's God ideas Mm -hmm. and I don't mess around with good ideas anymore. They're good ideas, but they're time wasters. When it's a God idea, we jump right in the middle of it. This movie's a God idea. The book was a God idea. And it was because I remember when you first we were at a church when I first met you, Becky, and you saw that you read that book and you were sitting there. I remember whatever night it was of the revival in St. Louis. And you said, this needs to be a movie. And I just laughed. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure." You know, but then, you know, you making the connection and all that. But it was a God idea.
0: Yeah, we persist. I mean, it's taken years, Don. We've been talking Mm -hmm. about this since 2000, what, 15, 16.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Sure. Um, Yeah. I just love the timing of God's timing is absolutely mm-hmm. perfect and one day mm-hmm. Carol and I were in her house praying mm-hmm. and randomly you sent a message yeah Becky, when are you going to get me a screenwriter yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like Carolyn I think we
2: got our answer and we were just praying about what we should do like, yeah next season of our lives and know? it right. was you two, too two. you you yeah. I'll never forget that day it so was perfect it was it was It was perfect. And also one thing that like Don and I and Becky talked about with this movie is the movie has to be R rated because we want to keep it true to what actually happened. And, you know, if you're dealing with Satanism, um, you're not going to hear get in the gosh darn truck. You know, you're going to hear different language. And so we wanted to keep it real. But at the same time, glorify Jesus and the power of the believer that really knows who they are in Christ, which is really what this story is about. So, uh, you know, like we've said before, we we give the candy of the horror movie, which the lost would come to see. For sure. We and want to reach those. Yeah. yeah. We want to reach everyone. We, we want to reach.
3: Who, who wouldn't come watch a Who wouldn't come watch a movie Seven Days with the Witch, yeah. a Witch, yeah. a true story.
2: True story.
3: Who, who wouldn't it, Who wouldn't yeah. do that?
2: Because yeah. Chris, because people, a lot of lost people would not go to a Christian movie, but they would go here Seven Days with the Witch. And what they don't know is they're going to get that medicine, the yeah. the covert wrapped truth. Uh, because you know you can't just you know. When a tornado, you speak to a tornado, or it goes away. You have to know who you are in Christ. When you tell someone they're loved by God and you can stand in the face of absolute fear as you did, Don, you have to know who you are. And I think that's, is that really kind of what your message is to like other believers to know who they are in Christ? What
3: would your message be? It is absolutely that. And, 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 you know, the movie's going to be 50 50 any believer that's going to be brave enough to go see it. are going to find out that they've got a backbone. You know, they, they yeah. truly have Christ on the inside of them and can overcome anything. That's definitely the story. It's Angelique's story. And it's my story, you know, yeah. and, and out of both of those different uh, avenues, they're going to see that no matter what the world's going to see through Angelique's story, the Christians may see through mine and be able to see a good redemption story and a love story. Yeah. You know, in talking with Dallas Jenkins, um, you know, those of you that know from The Chosen, we got to meet with him not too long ago. In talking with him, I loved what he said about, you know, us being in Christianity, we were raised that Hollywood was evil. Mm -hmm. And that and yet he was like, you know what? I just can't go for that. We're supposed to be in the middle of it. Why -hmm. wouldn't we want to infiltrate Hollywood with Mm -hmm. every good thing that we could? Mel Gibson was the first one to tell Jesus story properly. Right. Your Bible is rated R, friends. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not exactly. It's not rainbows. It is yeah. a rated R, tragic, horror, murderous, adulterous, mm-hmm. sex fiend, crazy. Yeah. I mean, everything is in that story, but it's a love story.
2: Yes. And
3: because of all of that, love wins every time. But it is your, your Bible is rated R. And I'm tired of toast Christianity where it's called Christian light, where we give all the cute little unicorn and rainbow stuff, but we don't deal with real life. And so all these people are going to be out here dying and going to hell because everything's just goody-goody over here. It's not goody-goody. This world is horrible. It's rough. But man, when you have Christ in your life, you can overcome and you can win. Mm -hmm. And so that is the story. That's why it has to be written. You know, I I appreciate Mel Gibson giving us the first look into Jesus' story and really showing us what took place. I watched people in our movie theater bawl their eyes out that I know don't go to church. Because they just met a Jesus that sacrificed his life. And they, they knew it, but they got to see it and how tragic it was and how much he must have loved them. And it broke their hearts. Yeah. And so I want people to see the truth in this story, in this movie. You know, if we can switch to the movie, then we're, yeah. we're paralleling our lives. We're going to go from Angelique's childhood and my childhood, and we're going to go back and forth how those, oh two, those two lives parallel together yeah. until we meet. And, mm-hmm. and then that explosive thing that happens when we meet, and then that's the rest of the story. But yeah. uh, to get the backgrounds of both of our lives and how they really were more intertwined than we knew, uh, it makes for a very amazing read. But it's ugly, and this world is ugly. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really is sad to me the amount of Christians that even are afraid to pick up this book because it says Seven Days with the Witch. They're right. scared, scared yeah. of it. Right. And I'm like, Man, why, why do you have yeah. a spirit of fear? Yeah. And so it's, it's amazing how many. Christians are attacking this kind of thing, but I'm sorry, we got to get into Hollywood. We do. We need to infiltrate every single thing. And I, and I'm, so I'm, I'm ready to do it. I think this is the one, this is that new category. And I know it it sounds almost blasphemous. Christian horror. Your Bible is Christian horror. Your Bible is Christian horror. Yeah. It is. It's a horror story. There's demons, devils, murder. I mean, there's some crazy right. stuff in the Bible.
1: It's so,
3: true. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we're we're creating we're creating that new category today, Christian horror. Amen. Right? We're we're the ones that are gonna step into that and we're gonna do it with this story, and God's gonna make it happen, and the and right Becky's people are gonna get involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm telling you, the right oh, yeah. people are gonna get involved and they're gonna be yeah. highly, love, yeah. Them. I'm gonna produce I'm I am going to produce i i want to be a producer Listen, it's time. it's yeah. groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking. And yeah. and anybody that's gonna be involved is going to be highly blessed not not yeah. because of me but it, it truly it's a story that god wants out and mm-hmm. and it's going to be groundbreaking it's going to open the avenue you know we saw the the brothers and some of them back here not too long ago they broke into the christian movie market right right have some success mm-hmm. right have some had oh, some good oh, success good. with those movies, and, oh, those movies good. Good. and those movies were okay if
2: they were great
3: then, no. right they were they were good but yeah. overall they're mm-hmm. not reaching the full audience that right. we're after.
2: They more entertain and educate the Christian as yes. opposed to um, kind of invite the lost or, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. need something that's attractive to the lost people. And, yes.
3: That's why we made the cover of the book so nasty looking. When it shows up on the shelf, we wanted unbelievers to look at that and say, what is that? Yeah. We wanted it to get their attention. And it has.
0: How do they um, get the book done? Where you have- There's a
3: couple different ways you can get the paperback copies at That's Two Guys in That's T W O Guys in the You can order that off our website. Uh, otherwise, the ebook is on Amazon Kindle and Barnes and Noble Nook, and you can get the ebook on there as well. Again, Two Guys in a Bible.
2: And it's a short read, isn't it? It's
3: a short read, pretty much. Eighty uh, something pages. Most yeah. people are reading it in one setting yeah. because yeah. every chapter leaves you hanging for the rest yeah. of the story, and so. They're kind of like, okay, I'm going to read a few more pages. Well, the next thing you know, you've read all 80. I I think probably 95% of the people that have picked it up have told me they've read it in two and a half to three hours and couldn't set it down. you can't
2: put it down, right,
0: right. Right. And how how can people get a hold of you, Don?
3: So anybody can get a hold of me a few different ways. Um, You can get a hold of me at Don at twoguysandabible.com. Again, T-W-O, guys and a Bible. It's all one word. Uh, that's my email. They can call me directly. Uh, we have our ministry line, 573-216-1871. Uh, and they can call me and get a hold of me through our ministry line that way as well. Um, not too hard to find. And, um, and how did they see
0: you on your show, Christ the Healer?
3: So Christ the Healer on Saturday nights is on TV channel 363. And that's Golden Eagle Broadcasting. GEB is what it's called. So you can go to the GEB Roku channel, and that's Oral Roberts uh, TV station, GEB, Golden Eagle Broadcasting. So uh, DirecTV channel 363 on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Central Time, uh, the GEB Roku, uh, or you can go to um, GEBamerica.com and watch on their live stream uh, on there as well. And then the Now Network on... Wednesdays we're on the Now network and that's the worldwide broadcast and you could go on the Now network and i believe it's 4:30 uh central on the Now network and that's more of a um in the US not so much televised as it is a live stream platform uh is that brought mm-hmm.
0: is that your podcast
3: No that's just a it is a television station but they're more of a live stream type of a station Okay yeah the podcast you can find um, I don't know what all we're on. I don't think I have it there, but Spotify, iTunes, all those regular places, Apple, you know, the new old school podcast.
0: What's the name of the podcast again?
3: The new old school podcast. The
0: new old school.
3: Yeah, right there.
0: Wow. You are awesome. Don, you're amazing. I appreciate you. and I appreciate Michael for allowing us to take over his podcast today to introduce you. Yes. Carolyn, the screenplay is amazing. I can't Thank wait for people to see it on the it screen.
1: Is.
2: And if
0: anyone well, Let
3: everybody see it, so they recognize there it. There you Here's go. The There's the book. Right.
2: There yes. Is.
3: Yeah. I There's love it. Yes. Yeah.
2: Scary stuff, but fake. Of
3: course, uh, this mm-hmm. thing right here.
2: <laughs> we've had some good feedback is the on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've had some good feedback on the script.
3: We have. Yeah.
0: We have a person that we'd like to um, be the lead. I think, don't you? Oh, Chris possibly. Pratt? Yeah. Possibly. Oh, oh, yeah.
3: I think so. Sure. To be, to be determined. To be yeah. yes. yes. If anybody yes. has a connection to Chris Pratt, let him know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, yes. And Michael asked at the end of every broadcast, every podcast, that um, he asked the, his uh, guests what book they're reading and what scripture they're meditating on.
3: What book am I reading right now? I am reading some books. I just got one from, it was John Brevere, Holy Spirit. Yeah. And um, so I'm just really wanting to dive back into um, getting to know the person of Holy Spirit in this season. I want to know him as a person. I want to have that relationship with Holy Spirit where I feel like he's very real to me, that he's not just a wind or a fire, you know, a, a force out there, that he's truly a person. And so I'm just wanting to redevelop that. Even more so to have Holy Spirit as my best friend. And so, yeah, just really, really trying to develop that. So I'm diving into anything on that. Uh, Of course, some Kenneth Hagin books that go along with that. But that's kind of where I'm at right now in this season. And then um, the scripture that I'm meditating on probably maybe more than anything Uh, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. I don't wonder what God's will is. I can prove it, but I have to renew my mind. I have to renew my mind. And the only way to do that is the Bible has to be my brains. And so I got to go back to the word. You've
0: proven it well, brother. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Don, thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you.
2: for listening to the Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.